Peak Nutrition Podcast. This is episode number one. Very first episode that we recorded where we tackled actually the very first question that I ever got on the Friday FAQ from social media. You know, sugar shows up in everything. How does that affect us? How do you avoid it? And is it really bad? So this episode is dedicated to not only answering that, questions within that, like, you know, is natural sugar, quote unquote, better than processed sugar or added sugar? Is the sugar that's in honey different than sugar that you might find at your local diner on the table? Is uh, the sugar in bananas really equal to the sugar that's found in a Reese's cup, as a lot of social media posts have suggested? So we'll tackle that. There's an introduction to the co-host. Um, I, I'm really thrilled with this one, so I'm excited to introduce her and I hope that you take away some really good pieces of the nutrition puzzle to this. And as always, if you got any questions or comments about this, please feel free to reach out via email. It's info at d2pnutrition.com. And I would uh, always be more than happy to chat with you. So enjoy the first episode. There'll be lots more to come. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. Hopefully we'll do quite a bit of these. Um, we've got a bunch of different formats planned from like just taking a, you know, making this kind of a long form way of answering so many of the good questions that come across social media and from, from people who work with Valley to Peak, et cetera, plus like interviews of people who have gone through different journeys and, and just a ton of different stuff. I've wanted to do this for a really long time, um, but one of the things that prevented me from doing it is I felt like there needed to be some kind of co-host. I didn't think anyone would want to just get on and listen to me ramble about some sort of a random topic and come up and answer my own questions. So I searched for quite a few, talked to a lot of people. It was really hard to coordinate schedules. And then I thought, man, I know who would make a really, really, really good podcast host. And so I couldn't believe it. It took it took a little bit of convincing, but I couldn't believe it when they said yes. And I'm going to have them uh, introduce themselves to you. My name is Lindsay Camp and I'm Kyle's wife. Um, I also run the numbers for Valley to Peak and take our son to deliver um, packages of t-shirts and seasonings at the post office and oh, look at the budget and things like that. So I just happened to be interested in knowing how things work. And I ask probably far too many questions for most people, but um, yeah, I just asked enough questions. And so he said I could hop on here too. It's more than that. So she does, she does have a like she she just does have a really curious mind but that's part one part two and the reason I genuinely felt like she would be such a perfect fit because any we talk about nutrition a lot at, at home you know whether she's out with her friends and she hears some sort of a topic come up she'll always come home and ask about it and typically an answer leads to more questions which is so good in science right that's how you I mean, that's scientific theory. That's how you develop. That's how you figure out how things work. And ultimately, that's the goal of this whole podcast is, is to try to help people understand how nutrition works. So 
you know, every, every answer leads to another question, which really digs deeper to the heart of nutrition. And I think will really help anyone who listens to this understand nutrition better and just clear up so many of the myths that are out there. So I'm really excited about having her. Uh, I am, um, I'm, uh, probably at her mercy for a lot of things because I'm sure I'll owe her a few, but we'll dive into a few of the first questions that came in here and then uh, do some interviews down the line, but stick around. And if you have any questions or anything, please send them to me info at v2pnutrition.com. And we'd be happy to tackle those too. Okay. So the very first question that we ever had on the Friday FAQ from Instagram, which was like four years ago, 2018, I think it was in February, if I remember right. So the question is, sugar is in everything. How do you go about avoiding sugar? Which is a fair question because, you know, when you look back historically, you see like obesity trends start to spike when we started relying more on packaged food and drinking bigger sodas and things like that. Um, so, you know, the question is, you know, how do you go about avoiding it? So from a very plain and simple standpoint, you cook everything, right? Like you buy everything at the grocery store, you cook it yourself, or you can control everything. But even then, right, then you're, then you're sort of standing up against like, well, what about natural sugars, right? Like what about sugars in, um, well, fruit for one, or other foods that could contain even even minor amounts of sugar. Is there a need to avoid that? What do you think? I think that question comes up a lot. I, it's in my quote unquote line of work. It comes up in relationship to kids a lot because it's not recommended to give kids sugar of any or not much or whatever. Um, but a go-to snack, and most kids tend to prefer fruits over vegetables. Then you think, well, if you're binging on strawberries, then berry yogurt and all these things is that not great um but also depending on who you're around and the philosophies behind these things someone might boast about well I have this home homemade you know bread or muffins or something and I put all these special things in them that are very healthy and nutritious and and then oh but I substituted sugar and used honey instead that was one that came up and I thought still sugar, I think, you know, just some confusion there. So I think a big question is naturally occurring sugars. Does the body treat it the same? Is it quote unquote bad or not good to have? Do you need to rule it out completely? I mean, that's where questions come in for, obviously people know that a giant candy bar could probably be replaced with something healthier, but. So that's a, that's a, Excellent, excellent point. That is something that I hear a lot. Like I'll hear people come in, they'll, when I say come in, like they'll come into the office or they'll apply through Valley to Peak or whatever, and they'll talk about their morning coffee. And they're very proud of the fact that they've replaced sugar with honey, never realizing that, realizing that the body essentially metabolizes both the same. So if we go back to, you know, the question originally, which was, how do you go about avoiding it? I think it depends, first of all, on the context of your entire diet right? You don't need to avoid everything if you're getting everything else. And what I mean by that is, is if most of your diet is comprised of, you know, good food, let's say 80% of the food that you buy is, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean meats, eggs, just stuff that's mostly requiring you some preparation. And then you got 20% of your total calories 
from let's just call it fun stuff right and if we use that from a number standpoint that would be like um you know if you had 400 calories of a 2000 calorie diet i think i did the math right on that right whatever that would be <laughs> if that was dedicated to fun stuff but the other 1600 calories was dedicated to whole foods you're maintaining your weight you're preventing chronic disease you don't have any problems those extra quote unquote added sugar isn't going to be the issue the issue comes up whenever it's in excess right and something i always say a lot is it's not that something's good or bad it's always the dose that makes the poison so if you're having something that you enjoy that happens to have added sugar in it it's whenever that sugar additive whether natural processed etc um becomes in excess that it's a problem point that helped me was hearing an excess of calories i think that oftentimes parents or people eating for themselves tend to think well as long as i don't become overweight or as long as i don't eat so much sugar not realizing that you can be real thin i mean you think about people you might see going into a gas station and coming out with a Red Bull and a full sugar Mountain Dew and Snickers and Milky Way and all these very sugary, sugary foods. And that's what they eat often on a given day, but they're thin. You know, I think people associate that with, oh, well, it must not, maybe it must not be that bad, or I'm not eating so much that it's not healthy. So is there a rule of thumb to know when it, how much is okay calories versus nutrition if that makes sense it, it makes it makes sense so i mean it, it depends on how nuanced a person wants to get right like if you wanted to be really nuanced and count the grams of added sugar that you eat in a day you could do that and you could set a target up and as long as you're below that target every day then it's you know quote unquote health healthy in your mind which is really kind of subjective right i mean what someone considers healthy is is going to be different you know i can eat 50 grams of outage of added sugar whenever i'm going on a hike and still feel healthy because i know it's being metabolized as fuel whereas someone else may see a gram of natural sugar and lose their mind like they're going to become a diabetic so it is it's somewhat subjective i think like what you had talked about with calories is good and again a, a certain percentage, you know, keep making sure that if you eat something that does have added sugar sits below this certain percentage that you've come up with in your mind, which again, this is where it gets hard to judge because it's going to be very subjective and, and people have such intrinsic beliefs about food and nutrition that it makes it hard. I will say this though, the, there is a giant difference between predominantly sugar-based foods and foods that happen to have sugar in them. For example, honey is entirely 100% sugar. Now you could argue with me that there's nutrients from your local region that combat allergies. Blah. I'm not talking about that. There's not any real nutrients in agave nectar and some of these other things, right? When you look at an apple, it's also all the sugar in an apple is all naturally occurring. And an apple, would, if you looked at the, the label, it'd say 23 grams of carbohydrates, 23 grams of sugar. So, you know, the average person is going to look at that and they're going to say, well, this whole apple is sugar. Yeah, but it's also tremendously rich in fiber, which combats colon cancer, drives total cholesterol down. It's, there's so many other benefits from it. Not to mention for every different color for a piece of fruit or a veggie, 
confers some kind of different antioxidant, different phytonutrient, different something that benefits your health in some way or shape form. So when you ask a question like that, you've got to see it through the full lens. And that is why something like a banana is not equivalent to a Snickers bar like you'll read on Instagram. So it's very important to differentiate those things and to not swear off bananas the same way that you would candy or something else. So you're saying that sugar can, if you choose, make up a certain percentage of your diet, but also when you're looking at foods that have sugars, whether added or naturally occurring or whatever, look at not just the percentage of your diet that those foods make up, but the percentage of the food that is actually sugar and what else the food offers. Like the colored fruit thing, I think is a great point. Like people think, oh, their kids are just living on fruit and that's just all sugar and only use fruit as a dessert, which if that's your choice, totally fine. I think it's a fine idea, but realizing that totally fine that a kid has a sugary treat. But when you're looking at blueberries, there's some sugar, yes, but they also offer a certain nutrient. Strawberries, some sugar, yes, but they also offer something else. So maybe if you're wanting to do this in a quote unquote healthy way, choosing foods that have natural sugars, but also offer other nutrition. Yeah. I mean, it's what makes it so hard, right? It's so subjective. I have no problem eating five peanut M&Ms every day and a small bite of ice cream after dinner. And that's a hundred percent added sugar, right? I have no problem eating a whole bag of M&Ms a day and a bowl of ice cream after dinner. Please do not think that we live well, that I live like what I'm talking about. So, but, but that's where it's very subjective, right? Whereas another person may see one M&M and, 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 and say, you know, I, I can't do that. But to your point, it's a, it's a, it's a much bigger conversation than something on the label saying if there's sugar in it or not. There are so many different things that you have to factor into that. And the other piece too, that never gets talked about everybody. I, I'm just such a huge believer on this idea of practical versus optimal, right? You get all the Instagram influencers who want to tell you to do, you know, avoid bananas because it's like you're eating an, you know, a four pack of Reese's cups with the same amount of sugar. That is, first of all, it's not true. Second of all, you have to balance optimal with practical, meaning you've got to find something for yourself. You've got to set rules for yourself or whatever you want to call them that you can adhere to, right? Because if you don't, you will not be able to be um, consistent with anything and reach any kind of a goal at all. And so the thing that never gets talked about is what about the social piece of this, right? Like, what if you, I mean, Halloween's in what, 10 days. What if you go to uh, some sort of a backyard Halloween party where there's chili and yes, someone makes a dessert and it's your favorite dessert. Do you want to commit 30 years of your life to, you know, the idea that you can't have, or you can't enjoy a small part of that, right? And I'm not talking about eating half the dish, I'm talking about having a piece of this stuff and to be able to enjoy it, whereas some people would swear it off because they think any sugar at all is going to somehow flip this metabolic switch and make them a diabetic. And that's just, it's just not true. So yeah, I don't know if that answers the question or not, but it's a good question. You know, you're talking about uh, is sugar and everything, how do you go about avoiding it? I don't think you do avoid it. I think you figure out a way to include it. I think that you try to make as much of the diet 
you know, whole foods or minimally added sugar as possible. And then you indulge sometimes very infrequently, do it in moderate portions. Don't be an idiot about it, but enjoy it. If people were trying to be more, I guess, nutritionally conscious or whatever, and they wanted to say, oh, I'd rather choose to get it from sugar, from fruit or from candy bars, or if I want to make these rules for myself, does the body treat the sugar from a strawberry, the sugar from a banana, the sugar from a Twinkie any differently if they were trying to, I guess, make a choice and make rules that worked and still fit in their favorite foods into that diet? This is why I had you. That is a good question. So I will, I will preface this by saying, I'm going to come back to this statement. If you were to put 20 grams of Reese's peanut butter cup, 20 grams of carbohydrate, which is what sugar is from a Reese's peanut butter cup in front of you. And then you were to do the same with a banana. The body takes those 20 cal 20 carbohydrates and sees them essentially the same. Now, before you cancel me, let me explain a little bit. 20. So there's four calories in every gram of a carbohydrate, whether that, whether that's from Reese's peanut butter cup, a banana, a cup of Kool-Aid or anything else, there will be 80 calories from carbohydrate in that food, regardless of where it's from. Now that might be an entire banana and a fourth of a Reese's cup, right? So you're talking about portion sizes, which are different. And then you can get a little more in depth and say, well, the banana has fiber. So the body's going to metabolize it slower. It's going to have a smaller spike in blood sugar, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I think the heart of your question is if you eat the same amount of carb from a Reese's versus a banana, is the body going to somehow freak out and say, oh, that's from Hershey's. We're going to load the fat on versus, oh, that's God's given banana. We're going to cause you to be lean, mean, and trim. No, if the dose is controlled, the same response happens from the body. And that's why I'm such a believer of not a believer. It's, it's true. There's no good and bad anything. It's always the dose that makes the poison. And when we work with people, we don't tell them, you know, eat the list of green foods and avoid their list of red foods. Instead, we talk about well, what do you like and how do you fit that in every single day if you want to. So I think that's a, that's a great question. And no, at the end of the day, if the dose is controlled, the body responds the same. So there you have it. Episode number one in the books and really appreciate you guys listening and hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, it's a topic, like I said, in, in the episode itself that comes up just all of the time. And, and at the end of the day, yeah, you, you know, you definitely want to focus your nutrition on nutrient density, but the message that gets lost in that is that there's not room for things that you enjoy. And that, that just simply isn't true. So hopefully that provided some in, insights as to why that is. Appreciate you listening. I hope that you enjoyed it and we'll keep pushing these out, these kind of Q and A's. Hopefully we'll do some interviews. I've got a few of those lined up and uh, it's my goal too, just to even, even get some, some folks that you guys like to see in the outdoor community, whether it's a mountaineer or someone who does a lot of backcountry hunts, like what do they do just to generate some ideas. So I have lots of plans for this and keep checking back regularly for more and more episodes. And as always, if you have something that you want to hear covered, feel free to shoot me an email, or even if you just have a question about something you've heard here, I'd be more than happy to, to walk through that with you. 
and shoot me an email at info at v2pnutrition.com and keep checking back for more and more episodes and we'll be sure that they come up. Have a great week.